0: Welcome, everyone. Welcome to The Midpoint. We are having a wonderful guest today, Alan Frey. He's a minimalist, and he has also some other very interesting rules to find, let's say, balance, productivity, um, freedom in life. Let's see. Let's ask him about it. I'm looking forward to his explanations there. Hey, Alan. Thanks for joining.
1: Thanks for having me. Hi, Rico. Nice to see you again after this long time.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's been too long. Um, you, you are quite, um, quite known, uh, about sort of being a minimalist and not owning too much in sort of the physical world. But, you know, maybe we start there, um, about how you got into becoming a minimalist. Tell us a little bit about your story before that all started.
1: Yeah. And, um, I, I love to tell you the story. Uh, the thing is, uh, the story ended like a couple of days ago. I moved in with my girlfriend, and now uh, we have a pasta machine. So uh, my pasta machine uh, ended my minimalism life. But let me take you to the beginning very quickly, uh, how it started. Um, it started something a bit more than 10 years ago, um, when uh, my father died. And um, we, had to, um, we had to move everything out of the house and the house was uh, was a big uh, house um somewhere in in Switzerland and it took us like uh 2 3 weeks to get rid of everything and the thing was when i walked through that house i had like uh, i saw like pictures and statues and stuff like that that's been there for i would guess over 50 years but um i've never realized that they were hanging there so um after seeing that, I was like, I don't want to have that. Uh, that's not something I want to have. I want to um, have fewer things and see where it takes me. And then I started on my journey on minimalism. That's how it started.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and did that sort of, did you get up one day and basically
0: decided sort of, I'm just going to live with a few items or did it come in phases? Sort of, was it, was it a
1: smooth um, sort of a I'd like, transition? i had like three phases. Um, and the three phases, uh, were quite interesting. Um, the first phase is like the, is the regular phase that most of people have, you know, uh, the, the, the classical cleaning, um, and, uh, you know, like in Switzerland, we call it the uh, Frühlingsputz. So, you know, getting spring, spring cleaning. Spring cleaning. And, uh, so it start, it started with that. And, um, that phase, um, You could summarize it in one item I had, and that item was a beer helmet. I bought that beer helmet when I was 18 in Las Vegas, and I uh, brought it along uh, every time I was uh, moving, and at one time it fell down, and the the beer helmet broke, and you could only put one beer on the one side and no beer on the other, so you had beer and air, and it lost the purpose of uh, being a beer helmet. And I moved the thing, I would say, like four or five times with the dust of every apartment. So that was like phase one, getting rid of these useless things like the skis that were um, in my cellar I didn't use for 15 years, stuff like that. Uh, The second phase was the most interesting phase, in my opinion. The second phase was I decided to move everything um, or or get rid of everything that I didn't use for one year. And so when I started um, cleaning up my apartment with all the things, I had like one large bag. And I want to fill that bag. And uh, after the weekend, I didn't have one bag. I had like 16 uh, huge um, plastic bags, uh, over 100 liter per bag, full with stuff I didn't uh, use for a year. And that was mind-blowing for me because it was like, uh, how is that possible? That I didn't use things for over a year and there's so many. And the, the most... Interesting thing was that my apartment looked exactly the same, so it didn't change at all. So that was like things I was pushing somewhere in the back of uh, of the of the cupboards. And and um, so in Switzerland, we Swiss people, um, we for example, we love um, you know keeping the single socks. So you know if you get if you lose one sock, uh, we want to keep that, and uh, we hope that it will come back one day, and never comes back. So it uh, it's lost forever, but we keep that sock for forever. And hope that you will come back. And so, you know, it's like getting rid of these things that I didn't use for for a long time. Um, and there, you know, to, just to give you a number, uh, average Swiss um, house has like 10,000 items. And I moved probably my second phase from, I would guess, somewhere from 8,000 to something like um, one and a half, 1,000. And then the final mm-hmm. stage, uh, which I was in for the last uh, five, six years, was. How many things do I need to have a happy and fulfilled life? And uh, my happiness correlated with having fewer things. The fewer things I had, uh, the happier I became. And uh, uh, at the at the bottom or at the peak, however you look at it, uh, I had like uh, 72, 73 items. Uh, and I was living in a hotel and that's what I've been doing for the last two and a half years. And until 1st of February, now it's over.
0: Well, I'm not sure if I want to congratulate you on that or not, because, you know, it's just, I congratulate you that you move into a different stage in your life. That's, uh, I think that's for sure. Exactly. Um, when yeah. I, And I hope you will be even happier uh, with, with, you, with yeah. a girlfriend in your, in your apartment. Um Can you s- describe a little bit why that made you happier, owning less? I think I read in an article or of an interview of yours, um, you said less, the less you own,
1: the freer you feel. Like, c- can you share yeah. a little bit on why that happiness came about? So, uh, it, it, it's... In a simple example, you buy an iPhone, you have the new iPhone, you drop it to the floor, it cracks, and you're like, oh shit, my new iPhone cracked. And suddenly the happiness of owning a new thing disappears. And suddenly owning the things, I realized that they started owning me a little bit. So, you know, having new things and then they break and then suddenly my... my my mood changed just because of that break of, of the iPhone or or uh, of my loss of of of, of something or uh, and so I realized the fewer things I own, the fewer the things own me own me. So mm-hmm. it was like a it was like a reverse thing and having things having fewer things that own me meant that I have more freedom and that helped me tremendously with with my happiness uh, and. I just love freedom. I just love uh, having few things and or or, uh, the freedom to move and to the freedom to to uh, travel. And I just realized it makes life so much easier. That's why uh, that that was the the happiness part the freedom Mm -hmm. and that uh, being more independent from uh, from different items. Yeah,
0: if if, if I think about myself, if I would go through that, I mean, I like that decluttering. The phase one that you mentioned uh, and also phase two validating if something has been used or has not been used for a long time but what about nostalgic items i, I personally think you know there might be some knickknacks or things that i you know I, that remembers my childhood or remembers another important experience maybe with my wife um sort of on a, from a holiday or something did you own any any of those did you have any nostalgic yep. items
1: i I had, uh, I just mentioned before, that uh, I started the journey um, at the uh, time when my father died. And one item I had um, was uh, a very nice watch uh, I received. I kept that watch for a very long time. I never wore it. Uh, It was like, um, it fitted him, but it didn't fit me right. But I kept it for a long time. And uh, at one point I was like, you know what do I really need it and I, I didn't want to yes. sell it or anything so I gave it to my uh, I gave it my brother asked him if he wanted it and he wanted oh. it and uh, I gave him the, the watch and so now today you know it's I, I realized that uh, the watch you know having it somewhere and not looking at it doesn't help me to remember him because you know the watch is somewhere uh, talking about my father and uh, and uh, uh, talking with friends uh, about my father or, or sharing his stories that's what what I think about so um, I realized having these items attached to a special situation um, can be useful but uh, sometimes it's just you know being having that person present in my mind helps me more um, and makes it uh, nicer to have like the uh, remembering these people so I got rid of these things and I um, I'm not thinking less uh, time about him. So I, I remember him quite often, uh, but I don't need to watch anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that maybe a general principle that you value other things a lot more um, to like, where if other people might think the physical items sort of the sort of different essence would be important to them? What's important to you? In contrast, if you don't own a lot, what, what, where, where is your focus? when you think like that's the most important thing in my yeah. life?
1: The most important thing in my life is my time. Um, that's the only thing that really counts for me. Uh, it's it's the time I'm I'm here on this on this earth. Uh, so I mentioned before, uh, my my father died and my father died with 59 years. Um, my grandfather died when he was 59. And the thing I'm I'm tracking every day, is something I have on my app, and it's like uh, I'm tracking my days until I'm 59. So uh, chances are quite high I die with 59. I don't want to. Uh, but chances are high when, when it's within the family so I have like today 6,982 days and that's not a lot that's just not a lot so um, wow. I decided to value my time really uh, really high well I mean everybody
0: who does math better than me will be able to know how old you are now so we're not gonna do the calculation um, but it doesn't it's sound still like still forty, lot, turning right. 41 soon <laughs> um so what so with, with that time um that is most valuable to you what how do you want to spend it like we're going to get into sort of how we will reduce the waste uh we're going to get to that but let's let's assume you have the time what's what do you what do you like to spend it for most the most
1: yeah um so i was thinking a lot about uh about how i want to uh, spend the next 40 years of my life or, or in that case, twenty years, whatever, whatever, it, uh, whatever it comes along, uh, and I have like uh, five pillars. Um, so the first one, uh, uh, five really important pillars in my life. The first one is my physical health. Uh, you know, uh, there's this super nice saying: uh, a healthy person has a thousand wishes, a unhealthy person has one wish, and that's to become healthy. So uh, focusing on my physical uh, health. And setting that as number one priority is something I want to spend time on. So I'm walking every day, something like between 15 and 20,000 steps. Uh, I go outside in the morning, I walk, uh, I list podcasts and I walk. It's my favorite, th- favorite thing to do. Um, the second thing um, is called um, happy fellows. So that's one of the pillars I have. And happy fellows means I want to spend with um, people that are close to my heart. I want to spend as much time as possible. As family and friends, so this is like the second pillar for me is the happy, happy, um, uh, the happy fellows pillar. Um, the uh, the fifth thing, uh, the third thing is I uh, just love to travel. Uh, I really like to travel. That you know, today it's a bit harder, uh, and with the pollution of the airplanes and so on and so forth, it's not that easy anymore. But I still love traveling, and I hope that we are going to figure out how we can travel more sustainable and the fourth uh, thing is uh i love building companies so i want to spend my time building uh, companies uh, creating my uh, taking my ideas and bringing them to life and uh the fifth th- uh, the fifth thing is um the working on my financial freedom um so i don't need to do work i don't want to do so that's like the fifth goal but this uses least of my time so these are the five things i spend my time uh and uh, I try if something else comes in uh, to my life I try to filter them through these five pillars and if it doesn't fit into that uh, I try to get uh, rid of them. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for shame that I think that's
0: a great segue into sort of what we have planned as a second part. I think we're going to get to some of the minimalism questions and also the future sort of how, how you've changed now uh, with, uh, with your girlfriend um, at the end. So let's maybe pointing out these five pillars and basically trying to Remove the waste, let's talk about that waste a little bit. Um, you have written a blog post, cr- recorded podcasts, and um, I've been sort of a, in, interacting with you. I've also noticed sort of that you have, t- you're telling people publicly that you don't take phone calls um, of random people. You don't necessarily want to meet people for coffee. Um, and there's a, a bunch more rules that I think is super interesting to hear from you. Um, on how you manage yourself and maybe lead us in a little bit to into those rules first and then we can talk about sort of the why yeah
1: yeah sure sure uh i think you mentioned uh one of my uh my um most listened podcasts and uh that's the one uh called uh no calls no coffee no questions and it sounds super harsh um when when you hear them these these uh, three points but um let me explain them why in my opinion they make sense uh other people uh, might uh, have a different opinion so uh, the, the first one is no calls and uh, I think that's an easy one um, what I mean by no calls is if I do it a bit be uh, if I tell it a bit more precise is no unscheduled unknown calls or unknown IDs so uh, n- it never happened that I received a phone call that somebody called me up and I didn't know the number and I had a positive experience out of it. You know, it's like n- it never happened that an unknown number calls you up and says, Hey, you won. And uh, you won 5,000 francs or dollars. And uh, we will give you these 5,000. And we are downstairs. Uh, please open the door. Never happened. It's Me somebody neither. wants to sell you something. <laughs> never happened. Never happened. You. Nobody nobody had ever a positive. Yeah. And uh, so... Uh, and, and on the contrary, so often it's a, it's an unpleasant experience because they want to either sell something to me or they want to know something. And, uh, most of the time, you know, when it's on that topic, I'm not prepared because it's unscheduled. So I, uh, write back. So whose, whose number is this? Uh, you know, have a, uh, have a text replacement on my iPhone and then they will tell their name and then they will have like my, 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 um, um, my automated responses where it's like, okay, uh, what is it about? Can you tell me something? Can you write me an email? And, you know, how often do you have a phone call and then the, p- the person at the end says, I will send you an email. Uh, you just send the email. <laughs> it makes it so much easier. Uh, but, you know, I love uh, having conversations with my mom. You know, my mom doesn't need to have uh, scheduled calls. Um, but, uh, I often also ask her when she tries to call, uh, what is it about? And then I call her back and we have a conversation. But so that's like the no, no calls, Um to make it more precise. It's no unscheduled, unknown ID calls. Mm -hmm. Um, then the second one is no coffee. Um, in, in the beginning of my career, and uh, that's something I, uh, you know, all podcasters or many of the podcasters I know, uh, are obsessed with Naval Ravikant, uh, probably you as well and me as well. And he, uh. Was talking about that he doesn't uh, do coffee meetings anymore. And I, I was listening to that and I was like, man, that's, uh, that makes a lot of sense. And at the beginning of my career, nobody wanted to have coffee with me. A few people and I wanted to have coffee with them as well. But at this point, I realized that um, I, I received so many coffee appointments and people tried to invite me to coffee and to lunches. And it wasn't, I, I couldn't manage it. And what I did is I created a blog post, uh, called Why I Don't uh, Do Coffee. And when they invite me for that coffee, I sent them this link. And in the beginning, it was a bit, it was a bit harsh, but now the, the blog post is super nice. And, you know, like I try to value your time, try to value my time. And, and can you please tell me, you know, what is it about? And pre- so I can prepare. And uh, what i realized is that people, they just want to have their, their question answered. And most of the time I can answer it by email. And, uh, that's something, something I realized. And especially for young entrepreneurs, you know, they, I understand that they want to connect and maybe look for an investor. But the problem is, if you ask somebody for coffee, uh, the problem is you don't value their time because it's an egocentric way of, Hey, if you have nothing to do. Can we meet for coffee for one hour? And, you know, they, they don't bring value in the beginning. So if somebody wants to meet me for lunch or coffee, and um, I always tell them first, so bring value to the table first, you know, and that doesn't mean any monetary value. It can be go through my website and, and you know, I, I just look through something or or say, I found a mistake on your website and uh, I took some time to to also put some something into this equation instead of just, hey, can we meet for coffee and, and tell me what to do? Um, and that's something so many people do wrong. I receive that in the meantime, really like every day, one or two. Um, uh, coffee meeting requests, and I just sent them the link. Mm-hmm. And the th- third one is no questions. Uh, it sounds very harsh, but it works really nicely within a company. So, um, I'm not having, I, I-, I try to, uh, work with my team that they don't, uh, have any questions in the, that they don't start with a question. Um, let me explain the reason behind it. Um, it's, Often what I've realized is when you have people in your company, and especially young people, they come and they ask questions, so what shall I do, right? Shall I do this or this? And uh, especially in a startup, it's like, you know, I don't know. I've never done it. I don't know. I also need to think about it. So I decided to implement the following. And the thing is, it's called no questions. And um, if somebody, uh, if we have a meeting and there's a problem, the thing is uh, we first they need to state what is the problem. What's the problem? So we know both, okay, that's the problem. Second thing is what are possible solutions? And then, so they need to think about possible solutions. And the third one is which solution do they prefer, why? And then the following happens. They will think about the solutions and they will think about which why they want to prefer which uh, solution. And in 99% of the cases, it's just like, okay, this solution sounds great. Do it. It's perfect. And I understand that when you're young and and working in a company, uh, you know, it it shouldn't, you're maybe afraid to take responsibility in the beginning and you don't want to do anything. So this is a great way to um, save a lot of time for you and your supervisor by just going, this is the problem. These are three, two or three solutions. And this is the solution I prefer because of X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm.
0: Would you, would you then, I mean, it's, it definitely promotes creativity and sort of autonomy among, um, among all the employees. If they always take that approach, maybe even with each other, right? Sort of that they um, only ask for help when they really, really need it, or they ask for inputs, maybe, maybe more inputs than question, right? That's sort of where you're going with this. Ask for inputs rather than yeah. ask somebody to exactly. solve it for exactly. me. Yeah. Okay. Is it, um exactly but you would still i mean you're 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 one of the one of the co-founders of, of an e-commerce website in switzerland um you would still yeah start certain tasks for them right because they they wouldn't know they wouldn't always know what needs to be done right sort of do you, how, how do you connect those day-to-day um no no questions rule to making sure that everybody goes into the same direction that you want
1: yeah so um in, in the end, you know, there's like two ways to approach that. The one one way is to control everything. Uh, that's one way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other way is creating a culture where people um, are taking responsibility and uh, trying things. Mm-hmm. And now uh, both of them work. Both of them work perfectly fine. But they, they they work in different stages. So if you're like a large corporate, you know, you can go the the control way. A lot of banks do that and that works perfectly fine. The problem is that this approach doesn't work with startups uh, because you need to scale and you need to scale quickly. And if you need to control everything, um, you cannot scale um, because the bottleneck is your opinion. And uh, that's something that's really hard for entrepreneurs to understand because you start in the beginning, you're alone or you're two and, and you know everything, you have the most background information and it's very hard to and um, to to let go so I've just realized for myself is that um, this very radical approach uh, works also for young people they always fall into the trap because we were we were told to ask uh, and ask for permission and I understand that you cannot just say okay I'm taking full responsibility in the beginning but this segue of having problem solution preferred solution Gives you the ability to think for yourself, for yourself while, um, not having the full responsibility yet. So I start that from day one with, with, with the people I work with and, uh, uh, people always fall back and sometimes I'll also ask questions, but I, I, I seen with people using this approach that they become more and more confident and they take responsibility. And that's what I want in a startup. And that's the way you can grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe it's the only way you can grow. Otherwise, um, the, the startup you can you can push that up to a certain um, uh, some certain heights, but it has its limitations and uh, it crashes. Right. For how does that,
0: from from your perspective as a as a co-founder, um, help you with your day to day? You talked about no coffees, so no calls, no questions. That there's different rules. Do you significantly have a Decreased amount of meetings, or do you say you're more efficient doing those meetings? What 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 ha- what does what do these rules help you with inside the
1: company, but also in general for your life? Yeah, and um, so uh, just a short update. So 2023 is not only the time where uh, I'm not a minimalist anymore; it's not the time I, I moved out of the hotel. It's also the year where I uh, left the company for good. So I sold my company two years ago, and um, so I'm not in operations anymore. Um, so uh, that's a, a new management now. Um, and the the first, and I'm in a, in a very privileged situation right now, so I'm completely aware of that, and not everybody can do that, but I can do that today. And the, the beauty is I go into my calendar every day, and I look, which of these things do I want to have? Which of these things do I really need to do? Which of these emails do I really need to, to reply? And, um, the, and my goal is, uh, my goal for 2023 is like I have two goals. First goal is to become really healthy. Um, that's one goal. Uh, as I mentioned before, the physical health is uh, super important for me. And the second goal is to have boredom in my life. I want to look in my calendar and have nothing in there and say like okay what am i going to do today and i'm looking very much forward to that day um because i still have some legacy meetings from last year where i postponed people to to um to to uh, february and so on and so forth and i want to get rid of everything why because i really believe within boredom uh, the beauty of uh, the, the, the the seed of new ideas lies in boredom mm. Uh, and uh, the happiness uh, lies in in having time for myself, and uh, that's something I'm seeking right now. And I guess uh, that will move again in the other direction. That will go in the other direction in the future. But for the time being, uh, that's what I I don't want to have any meetings. Mm-hmm. No meetings, just me, my iPhone, pod, your podcast, and just walking <laughs> around. It's so so
0: basically adding no coffee no calls no questions and now no meetings It's sort of the fourth thing that I that's been out for 23 <laughs>
1: no meeting. yeah uh, exactly a uh, thing a uh, thing is um uh one one of the the things i have on my calendar is like uh, delete meeting delete task uh delete email so you know i i i scan through it and uh when i scan through it i tried to delete everything and then if i could delete it uh the next um Productivity task I'm having is called um, uh, one, uh, one uh, task, one tab. So I don't have multiple screens. I have just one task and I only work on that one task and um, I only have one tab open. So I don't have uh, um, uh, various um, tabs distracted, yeah. So this is not a productivity hacker.
0: A lot of people, yeah. I mean, including myself, like I, uh, I have far too many tabs mm-hmm. open and get distracted fairly easily that way. Uh, self, self distraction, uh, yeah. tool, basically. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Uh, Taps is like the worst. Taps is the TAPS. worst. I agree. Um, just really quickly, let's quickly revert back to sort of the no calls and the rules. Just for everyone listening. Um, I, I understand it's different today, but what was the benefit from doing that? Was it purely productivity or was it somehow also similar to? Sort of your minimal, minimalist lifestyle that you have less to worry about. Like, what, what was what was it? What
1: was it that you gained from from those rules? So, uh, all these rules uh, they have uh, they have just one idea, and the idea is increase the time that I can actively choose what I want to mm-hmm. do. So that's the whole point. The whole point is uh, is is me being in charge of my time, and. You know, everybody knows that with, with emails, you know, uh, something I, I, I read recently. Email is the, is the calendar of, of the other people. You know, it's their task. Email is the task of the other people. And, uh, so they, they just drop you over the things they, they want you that you, you do for them. And I just want to be in charge of my time. Um, because in, in the end, again, you know, I have an infinite number of days and, um, Having everything packed in a day uh, leads to two things I don't want to have in my life. First one is stress. And second one is not being able to use the time as I want. Mm -hmm. And so the no calls, the minimalism, everything goes into that direction of or has one goal is maximizing the time I can actively um, decide what what Mm -hmm. I want to do. That's the whole I mean, a good example is also when we
0: were discussing about prepping the recording for this podcast. I think it's a beautiful example too. I, I suggested, hey, do you want to do a prep call or do you want to do this over email? And you suggested actually WhatsApp uh, voice messages, which I thought is actually a great asynchronous way to discuss certain things. I can do it whenever I get to, to ask the questions. You can comment on them whenever you have time. We don't need to find the time together um, blocking something in our calendar, locking ourselves in to go and do it if we can do
1: it separately, right? Yeah, no, that's um, yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah, that's. Uh, I try to to convince people of, of that, but on the on contrary, you know, uh, we tried to set up the thing, and uh, I failed with all my mics. Uh, so maybe a prep call would have helped. But uh, we are on the call.
0: It worked out in the end, thanks to your girlfriend as well. Um, we are using her laptop, apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and exactly, bringing, bring up your girlfriend's sort of your new living situation today. Um, if I remember correctly, when you were still. Um, sort of living in a hotel you were trying to minimize things you own but that didn't mean that you were renting things like a hotel room for for living going to restaurants also renting other things um, i think we also both own uh, these cyclone shoes from on that you rent that you will not buy um, so how's yes, exactly. that transition these days so are you what what moving into an apartment now are you still going to try to stay minimalistic or a little bit more on the Let's not fill the place right away. And what's your approach now? Renting,
1: buying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I I believe my my approach is a bit more relaxed today. Uh, You know, uh, it's like um, uh, I'm not very good at sports. And that's why it's always a bit weird when I take sports analogies. But, uh, you know, if you have been a a professional sports athlete, uh, you know, it's probably chances are high. You won't be a couch potato. So, um, in my case, if I was a professional minimalist for, for the last 12 years, uh, chances are quite high that I won't become a maximalist or a max, uh, or a messy. So I still have a few things, but, um, I also, uh, realized, uh, that, you know, there are also things that are very useful and, uh, things that, uh, create joy or, or helping us. And so, you know, one, one thing or one, um, really interesting uh, item we bought re- recently and I'm telling we because my girlfriend she was like when we were moving together you know this is no way out for you that you tell everybody I'm owning these things and you don't so and uh, I deliberately saying um we so uh we you know we had the dinner and then I told her like okay uh, you know the cool thing would be if we could be a bit more healthy and eat healthier and and like do like pasta, like alternative pasta with like almond um, almond or, or broccoli or whatever. And uh, one night I woke up and I saw her on her phone screen and she was uh, reviewing or she was uh, looking at reviews of pasta machines. And then she was like, I'm going to buy this pasta machine. And then I was like, <laughs> 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 I felt like everything, you know, like every, my, my minimalist uh, mind was like, okay, pasta machine, really? Do we really need that? And uh, she bought it and I was it was nice uh, having having fresh pasta. So yeah, that's that's how it changes. And uh, we still have very few things. We you know we we have a we have only at this time uh, like uh, two chairs and um, and uh, we have very few things. But it's getting more and more. And I'm I'm very relaxed about okay. it. Good to hear. Is is that similar
0: to your um, let's say digital footprint as well? Do you have like a limited amount of items digitally as well, or there you can have as many as you like? How' is that before
1: now? What do you? Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to uh, be very cautious about my digital footprint as well. Um, so I, um, I have very few things. Um, also digital. I always delete I try to delete apps and I'm not trying to, to keep uh, these apps uh, when I don't need them. So yeah, I also try to have, have less uh, digital you clean as your well. photos or what's how's the photo album look like um so my photo album i, I uh, learned from my girlfriend um that uh, you can create albums so their whole family they're creating albums since like forever i don't do that um i believe that technology is helping me you know to to find things on places and uh, google photos asks me to archive photos and that's something i do so uh i'm i'm not doing that because i believe uh, technology is, is um is moving very quickly that they will do that is it, it would be a waste of my time yeah. at this point in my opinion. Uh, i would
0: agree i mean but you're not deleting them I, I know people that go through their photo album once a year and
1: delete the photos that are not relevant you're just archiving them right yeah <laughs> same as the <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just or um, google is asking me do you mm-hmm. want to archive these okay. and then yeah I archive wonderful this. Hey, um, now that you're moving in with your girlfriend,
0: if you contrast this to your hotel, it might be a little bit answered an answer to Dayton a couple of months ago or a year ago, but what defines sort of home for you?
1: I, I think that's still the same. It's, uh, you know, you, you read these cheesy sayings uh, at coffee shops and uh, it stuck with me and the uh, home is where my Wi-Fi connects automatically and uh, it's still the same. Uh, I can just be wherever I know I'm home here. But when we are in a hotel for a longer time, I'm home at, at the hotel. So where the Wi-Fi That's connects safe. automatically. <laughs> I love that. Wonderful.
0: Hey, Ellen, um, I think we're almost at time. I want to make sure that I'm not using um, too much of your calendar today. Uh, so it was wonderful to have you. We're definitely going to link uh, your website as well as sort of a couple of the items that you wrote about that were super interesting to hear about. Cool. Um, thanks so much really appreciate it and uh, thanks everyone else for listening in. Uh, please subscribe and like this episode if you liked it. Um, if you have any questions shoot them our way and we're happy to include them in our next uh, next session. Thanks everyone. bye-bye.